0: bruntinsurance.com 954-589-2204 welcome aboard this is Zazlo show 2.0 welcome to Zazlo show 2.0 presented from day one by anna jar and levine accident attorneys you're dealing with any kind of accident any personal injury slip and fall motorcycle car accident bike anajar and levine accident attorneys 800-747-3 that's 800-747-3733 title sponsors from day number one no before day number one of Zazlo show 2.0 my guys mark anajar glenn levine ellie anajar If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com, 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zazlo Show 2.0. All right. Good morning, everyone. This is Zaslo Show 2.0. It is a Monday morning, the 31st morning of October, the first episode of Zaslo Show 2.0, the debut episode of Zaslo Show 2.0. Good to have you aboard here. Uh, It's it's a new beginning for the show. Hopefully it's uh, an adventure that everyone is going to stick along with me. Uh, for however long we do this, I plan on this being the thing we do for a very, very long time so if if you're a new listener to the show, I appreciate you uh, but especially a, a huge shout out to everyone who has been with me for all the years and you're following along with me over here onto this new venture so Zaslow show 2.0 debut edition and let me give a let me give a little bit of an intro here all right so what we're going to be doing we're, we're going to pump out the show every day. Monday through Friday uh, and and on Saturdays i'll I'll get to what we're gonna do on Saturdays in a moment, here, yeah, I don't want that to be the focus right now off the get-go. but Monday through Friday, we're gonna do regular Zaslow show, all right? We're gonna hit on everything we normally do. The show is gonna stay essentially the same. It's gonna be what I've been doing for the last you know fifteen years the the heat, the dolphins. The, the Panthers, the Marlins, they suck, but whatever, all right? Uh, Hurricanes football, uh, you know we love all the music, the movies. Uh, I was very upset last night, Sunday night. You know, the football football game was okay. It wasn't a very good game last night, Packers and Bills. But, you know, 10 o'clock rolls around. Where, where is my house of the dragon? Last night, first time in, what are we talking, two and a half months, right? Ten straight weeks, ten episodes. The, the first Sunday in the last ten weeks— that we haven't had an episode of my new favorite show Game of Thrones House of the Dragon if if you're not watching if you're a Game of Thrones fan and you're not watching House of the Dragon you're so stupid i don't know any other way to sum it up all right if you haven't seen it yet you got to go back and watch hbo max what what you know how to go back and watch episodes on demand, okay? So I was very upset last night that it, I didn't have a new episode of House of the Dragon. But that right there, see, if you haven't seen that, you can go back and watch. That's very similar to what we're doing now. I actually got a few messages from people who, who you know, they were sending me a message on Instagram. You know, I'm, I'm an influencer. On Instagram, uh, at ZazloJ. You can also hit me up, of course, at Zaslo Show, And on my Twitter account, you got the link tree, and it shows you everywhere you can get this show. All right? Some people were messaging me over the last couple of days. Hey, Zazlo I- I've never I've never listened to a podcast. That's wild, right? A- at this point in, in, you know, our lives and the way that we consume sports or, or whatever else that you love, to... To, to think that there are people listening to the show today, listening to a podcast for the first time, that's really cool. So I, I, I gave recommendations. Hey, you got Apple, you got Spotify, you got iHeart, you got Google. I'm available everywhere. The show is available everywhere that you get your podcast. all right? So uh, I, I, I want to go over a few things here. Like I said, before we get into all the sports, before, I mean, Dolphins, yes, uh, Tua. You you already know two. Of, that's my dog. All right, got the Dolphins to get to. Very disappointing start for the Miami Heat. Uh, and and of course I was at the Panther game this weekend. We're gonna do a full NFL rundown today. You know how we do it on Mondays. All right. So like I said, we're gonna we're gonna try to keep the show as similar as it has been. Now some of the things that are gonna be a little bit different, or at least I'm gonna try and you know limit the differentiation is how. It's just me now, and I don't mean that from a perspective of just doing the show with me. Uh, Zaslow's show, 7 to 10 p.m., when I first started doing the show on 790 The Ticket, that was just me. You know, I, I don't have a problem doing a solo show. I've been doing a solo show for, you know, the last year plus, all right? The, the, the part that I'm telling you things are going to be a little bit different where it's just me is... I'm putting everything together now. See, that's what I've been doing for the last few weeks. Hey, Zazzo, what have you been doing? You've been sitting on the couch in the Zazzo Mansion family room for the last month? You're sitting in your underwear eating a box of Cheetos? No, no, no. First of all, I'm very fit and trim these days. I look great. All right. If you're watching me on YouTube right now, you can get, you can get us on YouTube. The show is not going to be live on YouTube. I'm going to be putting, at least not yet, I got to get comfortable with everything. I'm going to be putting clips and everything on YouTube. I want to focus for sure getting the podcast down right. So I hope that everyone who has been with me all of these years and you're coming over now on this platform, w- one of the things that that I'm asking for is a little bit of patience. And what I mean by that is I'm hoping that that my audience—I love you a long time. I'm hoping that my audience is a little bit patient with maybe some hiccups that could come along the way. You know, I'm recording the episode, and then I'm going to upload immediately. I'm pretty sure it's going to upload fast. The idea is to get it out every morning, you know, before noon, every day, Monday through Friday. And as far as, uh, you know, audio features, that kind of deal— I'm hoping you, you, you hang with me a little bit of patience because, like I said, I'm doing this on my own now. I haven't I do I started out as a producer for Boog Shambi. That's my dog. I started out as a producer for Boog Shambi, and I used to do this kind of stuff where I'm doing the editing and all that stuff with producing. I, I, haven't, I haven't touched any kind of editing tools in, like, 15, 16 years. So, no, I've not been sitting on the, the couch in the Zazzle Mansion family room for the last month uh, doing nothing. I've been I've been reading and I've been learning and I've been trying to get to a point where I'm comfortable with everything. And and that point is today. Now, I do want to mention, so a few days ago, it was the middle of last week, uh Wednesday, right? Last week, I announced, hey, big announcement, Zaslo Show 2.0. You see the logo? We're doing the show every day, Monday through Friday, every morning, uploaded uh, on all your podcast platforms. Wherever you get your podcasts, you search Zaslow Show, Zazlo Show 2.0, Zazlo, whatever you want. You know the drill. You subscribe. You hit the like button. Hey, leave a comment. If you would leave a comment, I'm pretty sure that's, that's a really good thing for me. So uh, comment, hit the like button. I, I think that's really good when you do that. So do that, and and i love you a long time. But I put out the message last week that, hey, Zaslow Show 2.0 is starting up. And I, I, I'm so grateful and and super humbled because right after I sent the message, I I, I got a call from from my friends at Anna Jarn Levine Accident Attorneys. I mean, un, unbelievable, unexpected, and and super. And I say unexpected because like I don't know. I I just. I'm not expecting, you know, businesses to come running, you know, running to me and say, hey, you know, Zazlo, we want to get on board. We can't wait to be a part of your show. Maybe I'm being a little naive when it comes to that. I don't know. But I, I guess I, I just, I don't see it that way. And and and, Anna Jar and Levine called me immediately. Hey, we, we are behind you. A hundred percent. We want to be part of the show. I'm like, you want to be part of the show? I want you part of the show. So, Anajar and Levine Accident Attorneys—they are the title sponsor of Zaslav Show 2.0 from day one. All right, day one, they're with me, and I appreciate that. All right, I would send. Any of my family, any of my friends to Anajar and Levine, if you got any kind of accident, any kind of personal injury you're dealing with, you've been in an accident, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys, call 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. My guys, Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, uh, you know they're a staple in our community. You know you can trust them. And I'm, I'm so humbled. And grateful to have them aboard here. So again, Anna Jarn-Levine Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. I, I cannot recommend highly enough uh, going to see them if you're dealing with any kind of accident and just ha- how how proud and honored I am to have them as the title sponsor uh, moving forward from day one of Zazlo show 2.0. All right, so for folks who haven't been keeping track, you know, I, I put out some messages On on you know on social media, uh, YouTube and Instagram live. I was doing some Instagram lives, and and I pretty much went through what happened. Hey Zazzle, why aren't you on five hundred and sixty anymore? Why aren't you on seven hundred and ninety anymore? And I mean, look, I I don't have anything bad to say about the company Odyssey. I don't have anything bad to say about the stations. I got, people are stunned when, when they hear that I was there for 18 years, 18 years. This is the first time I've had to adapt and do something different. Although it's not really doing something different because I'm still doing the Zaslow show and I'll I'll circle back to what is different about that in a second. But I was there 18 years. Uh, I, I'm, I'm grateful for a lot of things. I'm, I'm grateful to a lot of people, you know, from the radio station. I, I already told everybody how grateful I am to Joe Rose, who, who, you know, his recommendation to to the station back then, you know, was run by John Wiener, who we know is Stu Gotts. And I got 18 years out of Joe Rose's recommendation. 18 years. So I'm super grateful for everything. It, it just means that it's, it's a new start. It's a new chapter. And like I said, you know, when when I went through everything... Last month, you know, a lot of people were angry. Oh, Zazla, I can't believe they did that to you. You take all that anger, and now you just, you just apply it to, to this show, and you follow me here, and, like, it's all good. So, you know, you really shouldn't care at this point because your boy is back. I'm back. You can listen to me whenever you want, on demand. You are hitting the subscribe button before to the podcast. Hit the subscribe button now to the podcast. So it really doesn't affect your listening habits. I'm back. Alright, so you're able to listen to me now the way you were listening before, Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Google, everywhere you get your podcasts, go subscribe on the YouTube channel as well, uh, and I'll owe you long time, alright, so we're going to do this every day, we're ba- I'm back baby, I'm back, now, I will tell you, last night trying to go to sleep, even during the day, last few days, really nervous. Yo, Zaslow, why are you nervous? What are you nervous about? Really nervous. For a couple reasons. The first one is that I'm really excited to, to hear the response today from me being back and people being able to experience and enjoy this new way of listening to my show, this new venture. So I'm excited for the response. I've been very pleased with the response when I made the announcement a few days ago. But what comes with that excitement is, yo, Zaslow, you, you got a lot of people who are out there waiting for your first show, Zazlow Show 2.0, to drop, and they're excited about it. you better put on a good show. so I, I got a little bit of nerves there, and it's like, well, why why would I be why would I be nervous? I be, I've been doing this show, I've been doing Zaslow show for you know almost two decades now. Why would I be nervous? I've I haven't done the show in a month. It's been over a month since I've since I've done a show, and I've I've gone a week, maybe even two weeks. If I took like a really long vacation, I used to accrue those vacation days. I've never gone a month in between doing shows, so I'm a little bit nervous because I feel like maybe I'm gonna be a little bit rusty. You guys can let me know if I'm be, if I'm rusty. So I feel like maybe I'm gonna be a little bit rusty, and at the same time, do I want to be rusty? When people are coming to me with all this excitement to hear a great show because you're supporting me and maybe you miss me a little bit. So you combine those and like, I'm, I'm really nervous today, alright? So I hope you hang with me. But anyway, that's, that's how I wanted to start the show today. I wanted to do a little bit of explaining, tell everybody what's going on. So Monday through Friday, we're going to pump out the show every morning and the idea is we're going to get it uploaded before noon so you're getting in the morning and and you got something to you got something to listen to 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 kind of get your day started and i really appreciate everyone so again add Zazlo show on twitter J on instagram and of course make sure you subscribe you download you like you comment i i think comment is a good thing i I think the algorithms uh, i don't i mean you asked me what an algorithm is i have no idea but I, i think the algorithms they really like when when you like and you comment on the podcast. So let's do that. Okay, let's get after it here. So we got to get to the Dolphins first. Let's get to brass Tax here. Your Miami Dolphins, 5-3 and three now. Here's the big takeaway from the game. Now, I'm not going to sit here the day after beating the now 1-6 and six Detroit Lions. I'm not going to sit here and, and, and pump my chest out and tell you, hey, Miami Dolphins, they kicked the crap out of the Lions. Now, first of all, they didn't kick the crap out of the Lions. You'd like them to. They didn't kick the crap out of the Lions. And a Lions team that the last, what, two weeks, I, I, they hadn't done any kind of scoring. I mean, they 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 well, they have six points against the, the Cowboys the week before. They didn't do much the week before that. And they come out five for five their first drives, and they score on all of them. So I'm not going to see. And, and by the way, the Detroit Lions defense has been giving up 32 points per game. The Miami Dolphins scored 31 yesterday. So I'm not going to get out here, <coughs> excuse me, and, and and pump my chest out. Oh, man. Dolphins, amazing yesterday. No, Dolphins did exactly what they were supposed to do yesterday. And, and there were things that, there were really frustrating things about that game yesterday. But the takeaway from that game yesterday is I'm so happy for Tua. Oh, my God. I am so, Tua's my dog. You know that. I am so happy for Tua. He deserves all of the success. Like, that game right there, when he was drafted, that was the type of game. 80% completions, almost 400 yards passing, three touchdowns, should have been a fourth. I mean, they sure changed Shurfield. Should have been a fourth touchdown. Three touchdowns, no interceptions. And here's something that you also feel really good about his performance yesterday. So, you go back last week when he returned against Pittsburgh. It didn't look that good. Matter of fact, probably should have thrown four interceptions. Steelers has dropping interceptions all over the place. But now we can look back at that game and say, first game back, Rusty. Maybe he's thinking, you know, maybe he's thinking a little too much about the concussion issues. I mean, I know he put his head down. He'll run a linebacker over. He doesn't care. But first game back from the concussion, Rusty. We could say that now, because yesterday, I don't remember a single pass that was almost intercepted. Every decision he made was great. I know the Detroit Lions suck, and they have the worst defense in the NFL, but he did exactly what he was supposed to do against the worst defense in the NFL. The big takeaway from the game yesterday is that Tua had a phenomenal game, and this is the franchise quarterback you've been waiting for. We don't have to have this discussion anymore. It doesn't mean that Tua is not going to— Look, Tua goes up against a big-time defense, and hey, Chicago's defense next week, a big-time defense. Doesn't mean that Tua is not going to go up against a big-time defense and have a game that he struggles. I mean, look at Josh Allen last night. Packers' defense is nothing to write home about. Josh Allen struggled. He was not good last night. There are going to be games that even the best quarterbacks are not great. But at this point, uh, Tua's such a great kid. Uh, what a good What a good kid. At this point, it's pretty, unless you don't, unless you're so dug in to your stance that Tua's not the guy, he's never going to be a big-time NFL quarterback, the Dolphins got it wrong, they should have taken Herbert. If you're still anti-Tua, you're more interested in being right than you are the Dolphins being good. And I don't believe most Dolphin fans are like that. Because I know there's a part of the fanbase, ah, oh, Dolphin fans are rooting against Tua. No, no they're not. They just believe they just believe that he's not the guy. They're still going to root for him. They would love to be wrong, but they don't believe he's the guy. You know, with me with the Miami Heat. Hey, Kyle Lowry stinks. Stinks. I'd like to be proven wrong. Doesn't mean I'm not rooting against Kyle Lowry, cuz I'd, I'd be rooting against the Heat then. I want the Heat to do well. And the only way this Miami Heat team is going to do well is if Kyle Lowry uh, plays some kind of decent basketball this season. I don't think it's going to happen. I want to be wrong. I I care about the Heat being good more than I care about being right. Same thing here. I don't believe the majority of Dolphin fans who are are anti-Tua. I think they want to be proven wrong. And at this point, if you're not in on Tua you refuse to see it. You're more interested in being right than you are the Dolphins being good. That's a shame. Now, I don't think there are many of you out there who feel that way. I don't believe that. But if you are, that's a shame. Super happy for Tua. Number one, because it means that the Dolphins are going to wind up being really good. And number two, because I love being right. You know I've been a Tua guy from day one. And I love being right. Now, something else that I want to bring up. This is a storyline that I made before the season started. I think it's a valid question. It's something i had asked guests on the Zaslow show. And we're going to have guests on the show, all right? Not going to have guests every day, but we're going to have guests on the show. And every time that we have a guest on the show, that will always be uploaded to the YouTube channel, all right? That's easy. We're always going to upload the guests on the YouTube channel. Portions of the show, for now, we'll put up on the YouTube channel. But for now, the podcast is the most important thing. And eventually, I know people are like, yo, you, you got to do what Big O does. And Big O reached out to me. Really nice of him. I appreciate that. But, you know, Big O's been doing this for a little bit. I'll get to that place where I'm comfortable with that. I know he does the show on YouTube live. Every He's live. I'm not live yet. All right. We'll get there. All right. We'll get there. But interviews will always be on, on the YouTube channel. We'll always put those up there. Anyway. So something that I brought up before the season started was if the Dolphins have success, if Tua is successful, remember, before the season, I asked if Tua and the team have success, does Mike McDaniel get more credit than Brian Flores gets blamed? That's an important question. Does Mike McDaniel get more credit than Brian Flores gets blame? And at this point, it's really, really easy. Now, Mike McDaniel gets a lot of credit. I I, I do wonder, they made this point on the broadcast yesterday. And boy, that broadcast yesterday on CBS, uh, James Lofton, uh, give it a rest. Uh, bo- I mean, everything that was coming out of his mouth, I, I didn't like any of those words. None of them. But they they did make the point yesterday. One of the things that I thought made sense, one of the very few things that I thought James Lofton said yesterday during the game that made a little bit of sense. The the penalty situation was was outrageous. And they had a bunch of pre-snap penalties. Motion, procedure, all that stuff. And he made the point, the Dolphins use so much motion that... That is likely contributing. And, and it's, I mean, it's still relatively new, I guess. I mean, we're eight games in. We're just about at the halfway point. But all of the motion is creating sometimes some confusion, or maybe not necessarily confusion, but the timing is off because of all the motion, and you're getting a lot of pre-snap penalties. That's something that obviously is comes with the territory of Mike McDaniel and the creativity and the offensive plays he's calling, all right? I don't know how they fix that. that that's above my pay grade. But I I did think that was one of the rare, interesting things that James Lofton said yesterday during that game. Boy, that that, that was not a good broadcast. I I did not like the words coming out of his mouth. But at this point, and and, hey, Tyreek Hill plays a major role. A major, major role. But you can't tell me, and I know year three, hey, year three, you're going to wind up seeing a quarterback's going to be much better in year three than he was year one, than he was year two. But I know everyone likes to go back to the whole You know, Bill Parcells adage. You know, if if he doesn't bite as a pup, he's never going to bite. Meaning that if Tua didn't show you these flashes as a first-year player, as a second-year player, you're never going to get it. Well, that's clearly wrong. And that's where some of the blame needs to go to Brian Flores. Because this offense stunk the last couple years. Absolutely stunk. And sometimes you, you may not... You may say, hey, they're professionals. They get paid a ton of money. Ton of money. You shouldn't have to baby them. This shouldn't be a factor. Some players need to be coached a certain way. Some players need this positive reinforcement. Tua is clearly one of those guys. Tua can't have the coach who's yelling at him. Tua can't have the coach who's constantly doubting at him. Tua can't have the coach who's always forcing him to look over his shoulder. I mean, getting yanked in and out of games, starting, not starting. This kid that we're seeing so far this year, they there were some games that he wasn't starting. Brian Flores deserves deserves a, a serious amount of blame. Not that he wasn't a good coach, because I liked Brian Flores as a coach, but he did not know how to handle a quarterback. Brian Flores, the offense, different offense coordinator every year, can't hold on to a coach. Probably has a difficult time getting along with people. That's not snitching ass, Brian Flores. That's, that's clear at this point. But Brian Flores did a very poor job in putting the quarterback, the most important piece of this franchise. Brian Flores was wrong about him and did a very poor job putting that piece in a position to succeed. And that's a failure as a head coach. Even if overall as a head coach, I liked him. I thought he did a good job. All of that is now overshadowed because he did not put the most important part of the franchise in a position to succeed. That's a poor job. So I think Brian Flores gets an equal amount of blame right now as Mike McDaniel gets credit for the success of this team. I think it's equal right now. I really do. So, Dolphins win yesterday, improving to 5-3. and three. You have a, uh, I mean, you, you got the Bills who, Bills are going to wind up running away with this division. I mean, running away, they're going to win it by a few games, I guess is what we're saying. But the Bills now, sitting here at 6-1. and one, They're two games up on the next teams. And the Dolphins are hanging around in the playoff race now. Because they got the guy back. And hey, this is also important to note. 5-0. and oh. Dolphins are 5-0 this year when Tua starts and finishes a game. 5-0. Say what you want about Tua, and we can have this conversation over the last couple years also. Rookie year, second year when he wasn't great, all he does is win. He's a winner. He's a winner. And I'm not talking about that winner label, ah, Tim Tebow is a winner. Tim Tebow was not skilled enough by the time he got to the NFL. The collegiate game is much different from the NFL based on the way that Tim Tebow plays. He wasn't going to be a winner in the NFL. Tua Tungabelo is a winner. He's obviously super skilled. Kid wins. And he was winning games the last couple years. Winning record before this season when he wasn't even great. And now he's playing great. Now he looks great. Now he looks the part. He's a winner. Dolphins got it right. And here's the thing. And I'm not the first person to say this. I forget who brought it up. I think they talked about it on ESPN. I don't know. I can't believe... We are in a place where we have to entertain a legitimate conversation about Tua being better than Justin Herbert. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Going into this season, even a couple games into this season, hey, one doesn't <coughs> excuse me. One doesn't have, have to have anything to do with the other. Sorry. Let's take a sip of my coffee. One doesn't have to have anything to do with the other. Tua can be a great quarterback, while Herbert is better. And it doesn't mean that you should have taken Herbert. It doesn't mean that you wish you had taken her. You know what I related to? Luka Duncic and Trey Young. Luka Duncic, what well, was it four or five years ago, whatever it was? Luka Duncic and Trey Young were traded for each other. Remember, number three pick, number five pick. Hawks took Duncic at five. Mavericks took, tra- I mean, at three. Mavericks took Trey Young at five. It was a prearranged thing to make the trade. There you go. We all know Luka Doncic. I mean, he might be the best player in the league. But we all know Luka Doncic is better than Trey Young. But Hawks fans aren't sitting around saying, oh man, we got that one wrong. Wish we had Doncic over Trey." No, Trey Young's their guy and they love him. He's awesome. Doncic is better. But the Hawks fans not sitting there saying, I wish we had Doncic instead. We should have went with him. That They're not doing that. Even though we can all agree, we can all admit Dun is better. That's how I was looking at the Tua Justin Herbert conversation going into this season. Tua can wind up being great. He's not going to be better than Justin Herbert. but the point is, if Tua is great, we're not going to sit here saying we should have taken Herbert even though he's better. I wish we took Herbert. No, Tua's our guy. I like our guy. We can win with him. Don't, we, don't, we don't need the other guy. Our guy's great even though he may not be as good as that guy, our guy's great. He's our guy. I don't wish we had the other one. But now, I can't, and there have been nothing wrong with that being the scenario. But now, I can't believe we're actually in a place where we can have a legitimate conversation whether or not the Dolphins got the better quarterback. And I think we can have that legitimate conversation. Now you may be saying to yourself, "Zaz, oh look, they got Tyreek Hill. Hey listen, last night, checked, Keenan Allen's an all-pro wide receiver. You got Austin Eckler in the backfield. The Dolphins don't have anything like Austin Eckler. No disrespect to uh, Raheem the Dream. Chargers have guys. Chargers have weapons. And Herbert's really, I, I mean, I think he's really good. I know there's plenty of people, ah, you know, Chargers, they never win the big game. That's true. But while Tyreek Hill obviously plays a major role in his success. You can't watch these games and say, hey, Tyreek Hill right now, go look at Tyreek Hill's numbers. He's got 57 catches for like 900... Uh, 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 no, no, I'm sorry. It's actually on my screen right now. 69 catches for 961 yards. We're not even halfway through the season. Now, the season now is 17 games, not 16. So if you want to do it based on 16... Because, you, you know, it's in your head. You, you understand the averages at that point. He's on pace for 140 catches and 1,900 yards. A hundred forty catches and 1,900 yards. That's through 16. There's a 17 game too. But I'm giving you a 16 game so you can compare it to, you know, historical averages. You got to give two a little bit of credit there, right? It would be by far... A career season for Tyreek Hill. And if Tyreek Hill, who comes, uh, uh, come on, nobody here, except for Tyreek Hill, nobody's trying to say that Tua is better than Patrick Mahomes. But if Tyreek Hill has a career season, I, the, the question I'm asking on my television right now could Tyreek be the first wide receiver to reach 2,000 yards? The answer is yes, because we have a 17 game. I just gave the averages for 16-game season, 1920 yards. So yes, he can absolutely get 2,000 yards, 17-game season. But if Tyreek Hill has a career season, blows away his other seasons, numbers-wise, you have to give Tua a little bit of credit. He give him a little bit of credit? No one's saying he's better than Patrick Mahomes. If Tyreek Hill, who going into the year, I mean, look, I I... I went on Kansas City radio. They're asking me about Tyreek Hill's comments. I'm like, listen, nobody believes uh, these things that he's saying. Maybe Tyreek Hill did believe it. Maybe Tyreek Hill wasn't just pumping up his quarterback. Maybe Tyreek believed everything that he was saying. Maybe Tyreek Hill knows what a great quarterback looks like. I mean, right? Maybe Tyreek Hill knows what a great quarterback looks like. And maybe he was actually telling you what he really believes. In regards to Tua. If Tyreek Hill becomes the first wide receiver. The record is Calvin Johnson, 1946. Which is just ahead of Tyreek Hill's pace for 16 games. That number was set for Calvin Johnson in a 16-game season. If Tyreek Hill becomes the first wide receiver to throw for 2,000 yards. After all the criticism that Tyreek got pumping up Tua. After all the talk about Tua going into this year. And Tyreek Hill has a record-breaking season. Can we give Tua a little bit of credit? It's it's a real conversation now. I, I can't believe it. It's a real conversation now that Tua may be the better of the two when we're talking about him and Justin Herbert going five and six. Ah, it's so good. But this it, yesterday wasn't the type of win that makes you feel you feel good because it's a win. But it you don't feel the way you did after the Baltimore game. You don't feel the way you did after the Buffalo game. Hell, maybe you don't even feel the way that you did last week against Pittsburgh because you got Tua back. You made a big play at the end, Dick Benogany. Th- 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 yesterday was the type of game that... It wasn't the type of win that is going to make you feel good. What you do feel good is they did exactly what they were supposed to do. And, and, Tua is awesome. Not was awesome yesterday. Tua is awesome, period. Tua is awesome. That's my dog. That's the takeaway from yesterday. The penalty situation's is a disgrace. I... I don't understand how you fix that. Like, I know, like, I feel like I used to talk to Romberg about stuff like that. The, the pre snap stuff, like I told you, I, I thought James Lofton was like the only thing that came out of his mouth yesterday that thought had any resemblance of common sense, where all the pre snap motion, because the plays that McDaniel's calling, the creativity, it's new stuff. That may be contributing to the, you know, the. Illegal procedures and that kind of deal. I mean, Christian Wilkins lined up in the neutral zone three times. That's just stupidity. So I, I don't know how to fix that other than telling you guys, hey, stop being stupid. These are stupid penalties. The penalty situation was such a disgrace. It was, it was really frustrating to watch yesterday. I don't understand how you fix that. But next week, the Dolphins at Chicago. It's not an easy game. You don't know what the weather's going to wind up being like. A- any of these road games are tough, man. That's why yesterday, like, at the Detroit Lions, like, it it, it was... Dolphins looked like they were about to get smashed. They're down 21-7, to 7. what, at the end of the first or early in the second? They look like they were about to get smashed. So, you can't take any of these road games for granted, but we're in the middle of this stretch now where... You know where you got teams like you know Detroit, Pittsburgh, Detroit, Chicago. There's going to be Houston. There's going to be the Jets again. There's Cleveland. Like this is the stretch of games that we knew Minnesota being the only one that was going to be like a difficult team. This is the stretch of games they got to you got you to gotta boost that record. You got you got to fatten that record. So five and three now, and two in games that he starts and finishes. Five and oh, that's my dog. That's what I'm talking about right there. All right, so week nine, right? Week week nine. Week nine will wrap tonight. You got You got You got a game that's interesting. I mean, the Browns are really struggling. I hate the Browns. Bengals. Joe Burrow. All right, I'll, I'll watch it. I'll, I'm into it tonight. Browns. Bengals. That's going to wrap up. Monday Night Football. That's going to wrap up Week 9 tonight. You got the fantasy football. I got a lot on the line for fantasy football tonight. I mean, nobody cares about your fantasy football team or mine, but I'm just saying, got a lot on the line with the fantasy football tonight. That's going to wrap up Week 9. But you know how we do it on Mondays. It was a lot of action yesterday in the NFL. Let's get to our Week 9 NFL Rundown. Okay, we'll start things off. Sunday morning. Yesterday morning. You know, if you woke up bright and early, you got your coffee, and hey, I, I, I got a little London football action. I got Denver Broncos, Jacksonville Jaguars. Broncos win twenty-one to seventeen. They uh, they get a late touchdown from Latavius Murray on the ground. The Broncos they are now three and five. The Jaguars are two and six. I think one of the bigger takeaways from this game is I know everyone likes to focus on Russell Wilson, but Trevor Lawrence kind of stinks. And I know it's like, all right, hey, it's only year two, Zaz. Uh, he. Trevor Lawrence was supposed to be amazing, a can't-miss right away. Like, we were talking about him the way we were talking about Peyton Manning before the draft. Trevor uh, Andrew Luck. Trevor Lawrence was supposed to be amazing right away. Lawrence yesterday, 18 for 31, 133 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. He kind of stinks. So, Denver wins yesterday, 21-17. How about yesterday, controversy in Atlanta. The Falcons win in overtime, 37-34 over Carolina. The Falcons are now 4-4. Four four. The Panthers drop to 2-6. DJ Moore catches a bomb, like a Hail Mary-type play, with just seconds remaining in the game, to tie it at 34. But Joel Pinheiro misses the extra point because DJ Moore, after catching the touchdown pass, takes off his helmet, celebrating, you can't do that! Dummy. You can't do that. If I'm a Panther fan, I mean, the season they're in the midst of, and that's how, that's what ends up going down, you can't do it. Celebrate with your helmet on. Who cares? Celebrate with the helmet on. So you get the 15-yard penalty. Pinheiro misses the extra point. Now, does that excuse Pinheiro for missing a field goal in overtime? No. And then the Falcons get a field goal in overtime. They win the game 37-34. They're now 4-4. Four and four. They're right there at the top of that a putrid NFC South. That, that's PJ's All right, moving on. Dallas, a 49 29 win against the Chicago Bears. Dallas now 6 and 2. Dak looked more like Dak. Ezekiel Elliott, he didn't play yesterday. Not a good look. Tony Pollard, 14 carries, 131 yards, three touchdowns. On the he Zeke is not having a bad year, but he doesn't have the burst. Tony Pollard does. So Dallas improves to six and two. Chicago, <clears throat> excuse me, they dropped to three and five. Minnesota, a 34-26 win over Arizona yesterday. Cardinals stink, they're three and five now. Kingsbury, uh, come on, this is your last year. Everybody knows that. Minnesota improves to six and one. I'm not surprised at Minnesota. I felt they were going to win that NFC North Division. Didn't think the Packers were going to stink this bad. I thought they'd be average. But Minnesota, 34-26 win. How about DeAndre Hopkins, though, for Arizona? You know, if you're a fantasy football owner for DeAndre Hopkins and you were stashing him on your bench, you drafted him, waiting for the six-game suspension, he's as advertised: 12 catches, 159 to touchdown. So good for him. But Minnesota, they're now six and one. They have the best, uh, second best, second best record in the NFC. New Orleans, one of the shockers. Maybe not a shocker because Vegas is maybe the most disappointing team in the NFL this year. I mean, is is McDaniel going to be one and done? Was McDaniel one and done when he was in, when he was the coach in Denver? Is McDaniel going to be one and done in Vegas? They lose twenty-four nothing against the Saints team. that stinks. Saints are three and five. Vegas drops to two and five. Alvin Kamara looked like Alvin Kamara. Nine catches, ninety-six yards, two touchdowns. 18 rushes, 62 yards, touchdown on the ground. Fantasy football owners for tomorrow. They finally got a huge performance. They're very happy. But Vegas, uh, Carr, uh, Devontae Adams, McDaniels, terrible. 24-0? All right, moving on. The New England Patriots, in a game that the Dolphin fan hopes both teams can lose. Not both teams tied. Both teams lose. I don't know how you would accomplish that. We're hoping both teams would lose. It didn't happen. New England wins 22-17. The Patriots are now 4-4. The Jets drop to 5-3. That's the result you want if you're a Dolphin fan because now you pull even second place with the Jets, although they own the tiebreak right now. Zach Wilson. I I know that Zach Wilson gets a lot of criticism. Second year. What's his third game back? Fourth game back this year? I I I haven't watched enough Zach Wilson. To, to be able to tell you that I think he six. Zach Wilson, 20 for 41, 355, two touchdowns, three interceptions. But the Patriots win, and Mac Jones had, like, the most Mac Jones average can be quarterback performance. Mac Jones, 24 for 35, 194 yards, a touchdown interception. He is, uh, he's not even average. He's a bottom five quarterback in the league. I told you this. I, he stinks. Had the most average kind of game you could possibly have Patriots win. Philadelphia, 35-13 over Pittsburgh. The Eagles, the lone undefeated team, 7-0. Steelers dropped the 2-6. AJ Brown, 6 catches, 156 yards, and 3 touchdowns. Tennessee, raise your hand if you knew Tennessee was 5-2. I wanna raise my hand. Tennessee, 17-10 win over Houston. They're five and two! Houston's one five and one. I hate that one at the end, the tie. It, it's 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 very uh it's very confusing. Derek Henry, 32 rushes, 219 yards, two touchdowns. Again, I'm going to say it again. Raise your hand if you knew Tennessee was 5-2. Nobody knows. You know now, but nobody knew before. Washington, a 17-16 win over Indianapolis. They're a surprise team. They're in the thick of things. Now, they're called the Commanders this year. Washington's 4-4. Four four, Indianapolis, 3-4. Taylor Heineke. I like Taylor Heineke. 23 for 31, 279, a touchdown interception. San Francisco, with a full week of practice, their brand new shiny toy called Christian McCaffrey. They win 31-14. They've won eight in a row over the L.A. Rams. The Niners are now 4-4. Four four. Rams are 3-4. and four. Defending Super Bowl champion having a big-time slump this year. McCaffrey, get this. 18 rushes for 94 yards and a touchdown. Eight catches for 55 yards and a touchdown. One-for-one one passing, 34 yards and a touchdown. The best player a touchdown rushing, a touchdown receiving, a touchdown throwing. The best player. San Francisco, they win 31-14. Seattle, 27-13 win over the Giants. While I think Vegas is the most disappointing team in the league this year, Seattle's the big surprise, right? They're now 5-3. Giants dropped to 6-2, although you can make that case to the Giants. The part that I like about Seattle being the big surprise is Geno Smith. What a great story. I'm happy for him. Geno Smith, 23-34. for 34. 212 yards, two touchdowns. He's playing great football. Great football. And finally, Sunday night football last night. Not not a good game. Buffalo beats Green Bay 27-17. The Bills are now 6-1. The Packers are 3-5. Josh Allen, he was not good yesterday. 13 for 25, 218 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, two ugly interceptions as well. And that right there is your Week 9 NFL Rundown. Alright, we got a few more things to get to today on The Zazlo Show. Again, so happy to have everyone aboard here. Make sure you subscribe, you hit the like button, you got the podcast, which is the most important thing right now, but go to the YouTube channel as well. You can go to my, my link tree, at Zazlow Show on Twitter, you can find all the links there. But on YouTube, you search Zazlo Show, subscribe, that whole deal. Uh, like, comment, I think the algorithms... The algorithms, they care a lot about liking and comments. So I don't know what an algorithm is, but they like it when you comment. And if they like it, then I like it. All right, very good. So we hit on the Dolphins already today. Uh, Real terrific performance from Tua. Tyreek Hill, you you couldn't have thought he was going to be this good. You really couldn't. Uh, I'm not saying it would have been like, you know, much-hyped wide receivers who got here. Mike Wallace, Brandon Marshall, that kind of deal. You knew he was going to be really good, Tyreek Hill. But he's he's like the best receiver in the NFL this year. He's on pace to be the to have the single best year in the history of a wide receiver in the National Football League. You couldn't have expected that. So you feel real good about the Dolphins, and now you can start beefing up this record this weekend at Chicago. This weekend, I got to make my season debut at FLA Live Arena. That's right. Panthers! The Panthers improved to five, three, and one this weekend. Uh, annoying short little road trip where the Panthers dropped to 500, but now they came back home 5-3 and three, uh, five, three victory excuse me, over Ottawa. You get the the game winner with like three minutes left from Brandon Montour. Then you get the empty net, empty net goal from Matthew Kachuk. That's my dog right there. I love Matthew Kachuk. Barkov! I've been looking for Sasha Barkov for the previous eight games. Finally! Finally, I found him. I did like how happy he was. Because he doesn't get super excited when he scores, he, he's so he's really humble, and I think he also expects to do well, so he doesn't, you know, get all super pumped and excited. He was really excited when he scored. Happy for him, obviously. The Panthers win five three over the weekend. Panthers power play sucks. There's no other way to sum it up. You got to get that fixed. I know they miss Ekblad on that blue line as far as the power play goes. He's gonna be out for a while, so you better figure that out. Panther power play sucks. They're really good five on five you got to have great special teams. But the Panthers win over the weekend. And uh, next up is tomorrow night at Arizona. The Panthers are actually starting a four-game trip. Arizona, San Jose, Los Angeles, Anaheim. So tomorrow night, trying to make it back-to-back wins there. And, uh, oh, one other thing I wanted to add. They're probably not going to do it this season because they've already, like, committed to this. But I don't like the whole deal where it's a different goal song every time the Panthers score. So... If if you're not aware of what they're doing this year, so they got rid of that Jimmy Eat World song Sweetness. Song sucks as a goal song. Sucks. So it was a good job the Panthers got rid of that. But what they've done this year is every player has an individual goal song. So whoever scores, they then play that player's song. I don't like it. And there is an element of the Panthers score. Everyone gets excited, they're cheering. And then, like, you're trying to listen to what the song is because you, you don't know what song that player chooses. So what winds up happening is instead of everyone getting really excited over the goal, you get excited, and, and then they get a little bit quiet because you want to hear the song. It's counterproductive. You want everyone to be excited and cheer. You don't want everyone to be quiet and listen. So I, Now, I, I didn't think of that before the season started. And maybe the Panthers didn't think of it either. But I think you're realizing that now. So it's it's kind of productive. I don't think they're gonna change it midseason, but they, they, should consider, they should consider changing it. They should consider finding look, find a goal song like every other. Be normal. Find a goal song like every other team. And you use it when your team scores a goal. So anyway, great, great game though. Really good crowd over the weekend, especially for a Saturday afternoon against Ottawa. Really good crowd, and you're seeing you're seeing a carryover from the team being awesome last year, even though it was super disappointing the way that it finished. You're seeing a carryover from last year into this year. The crowd is there. Really great time on Saturday afternoon. All right, now let's get to it. The Miami Heat are back home tomorrow night. The Heat are taking on the Golden State Warriors. The Heat are two and five. The Heat came back from this road trip. I know it's oh Zaslow. You're 45 minutes into the show. You're not going to talk about the Heat? Nah, we're going to get to the Heat. We saved the best for last. We're going to get to the Heat here. So, the Heat go 1-2 and on their trip. They lose uh, at Golden State, which and it was a good game. The final score was not indicative of how close that game was. They get a real good win at Portland before that. You knew the Heat were going to come out and play well to start the road trip. Great win at Portland. They were undefeated at the time. But Saturday evening, against a winless Sacramento Kings team, Give me a break. Played, played a really poor first half. Got behind by 21. I think they are around 21 at halftime. Maybe it was 19. They wind up coming back. They make it a game. I mean, it's a tight game there. They can't pull it out against what was a winless Sacramento team. And I said that. I, I think, I don't know if I did an Instagram Live or... or oh, you know what? I think I uploaded something on the YouTube channel. Where I said, hey, I don't love this game at Sacramento. It'd be very much like this Heat team to lose at winless Sacramento. The Kings, whether it's in Sacramento or here in Miami, they always give the Heat trouble. De'Aaron Fox, he's a pain in my ass. Love him as a player. Pain in my ass. They always give the Heat problems. And the Heat go one and two on that trip. It's such a disappointing start for the Heat. They're two and five. Tomorrow night's Golden State, who's struggling as well, by the way. Tomorrow night's Golden State, this team realistically could be 2-6 and six after tomorrow. Now, there is a silver lining to the Heat being 2-5 and five right now. Is it possible that they get off to this poor start and that forces the front office's hand to make a big move? Yeah, maybe. You know, if you're a Heat fan who's been sitting there saying, ah, oh, they should have done something big, they should have made a move, you know, run it back, that's not going to work. Got to make changes. It's the first ever season. I, it's the first season I could ever remember where they literally added nobody. And I don't mean like where, you know, they got Jamal Cain. I mean like added a player who's going to play. Even if it's just 12 minutes off the bench. It's the first year I could ever remember they added nobody. If you were hoping the Heat were going to make a big move going into the season or do something. And I already told you, I I, I thought the Heat could get a failing grade the offseason. I don't know how you could do nothing. Now, it doesn't mean that I thought they were going to have a bad season. And I still don't think they're going to have a bad season. They're going to be fine. Now, you dig yourself this kind of hole. At the end of the year, maybe you only win 43, 44 games. You're like the sixth seed. Maybe you barely avoid the play-in. Or if the Heat do have to do the play-in, you're going to look back at the start. And that's going to be really frustrating. But if you're someone that wanted them to make a, a move in the offseason, a big move in the offseason, that could be the silver lining to the poor start. Is maybe they're going to sit there and say, you know what? Well, we're not going to let this get out of here. We're not going to sit there like, it's time It to make, we gotta make a move. We we're wrong. We gave it a chance to, to to run it back, and we need some kind of jolt. We're making a move. I'm pretty frustrated with Oladipo. I don't understand what's going on there. And, Alzado, uh, you you know what's going on. Nope. You you know the way the Heat operates. It's like a CIA. You, you can't get any information out there. And I don't understand how he played the end of last year. Obviously, <clears throat> was very good in his role in the playoffs. Played two games, I think, in the preseason. And now all of a sudden, we're doing return-to-play conditioning. You you can't tell me that that there wasn't some kind of setback. You can't tell me that something's not wrong. It doesn't make any sense. Played at the end of last year. Played in the playoffs. Apparently had a good offseason. Played in the preseason a couple games. And now we're doing prepare-for-play conditioning he has not been active for any of the eight games this uh, seven games this year. And Oladipo, I'm gonna try to put blame on him, but what I'm saying is a lot of what you thought was going to be internal improvement with this heat team was from a guy like Victor Oladipo, who was gonna really shore up that bench. And right now, Max Stru's doing a terrific job off that bench, but he can't be the only one. So Oladipo being out is super frustrating. It's hard not to believe that there was some kind of setback and something isn't wrong there. The Heat return tomorrow night against Golden State. I'm sure it's going to be a big-time crowd. It's the only time you get to see Steph Curry live in action. So the Warriors in town for their lone visit to South Florida this year. Tomorrow night, you got the Heat, uh, Heat and Warriors. All right, before we wrap up today's show, and again, make sure you download, you, you hit the subscribe button, you like, you comment, all that good stuff. I really hope everybody's been uh, enjoying the show today. Like I said, if there are some audio hiccups, I'm doing everything on my own now. Producing all of it, editing all, uploading. You know what I'm talking about. All that good stuff. I really hope you have some patience with me. And, uh, hey, any kind of feedback at Zaslow's show, I welcome that too on Twitter, but I really hope you have some patience. It's only going to get better and better as I get more and more comfortable. Also, I'm plenty rusty. I hope you don't feel that way, but I feel like I'm plenty rusty. It's been a month since I've done a show and we're just going to get better and better each and every day. So I really appreciate everybody out there, but you know what time it is now. All right. Every day. I got to tell you if it's a big deal or if it's not a big deal. All right. So, big deal or not a big deal is how we're going to close out the show every Monday through Friday, all right? Big deal or not a big deal, you know the way that it works. Number one, is it a big deal that there are teams in the NBA under 500 who you didn't expect at this point of the season? You got Philadelphia, they're three and four. You got Brooklyn, they suck. They're one and five. You got Golden State, they're three and four. LA Clippers are two and four. I, I, I'll tell you, this Kawhi Leonard, he never plays. He never plays basketball. He's new Derrick Rose. He never plays basketball. I'm out, on the, I'm out on the Clippers. I thought the Clippers were a real contender to win the Western Conference this year. Can't do it. This Kawhi Leonard, I mean, never plays. The Lakers are 1-5. They got their first win last night. Uh, congratulations. The Heat are 2-5. These, I mean, minus the Lakers, and I told you from the get-go, Brooklyn stinks. They're not going to be any kind of contender. But realistically, minus the Lakers... Every other one of those teams, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, Golden State, Clippers, Miami, all teams that you felt were going to be contenders, they're all under 500. Is that a big deal? Yes, that's a big deal. Because I love love the parity. I love an NBA season where you maybe don't know what's going to happen. The NBA historically has the least parity of all the major sports. So that's a big deal. If there are teams out there winning, teams out there losing, you didn't expect it. Number two, big deal or not a big deal that the Lakers get their first win? This is not a big deal. All right. Russell Westbrook has come off the bench the last couple days. He was really good yesterday. 18 points, eight rebounds, eight assists. LeBron, Anthony Davis had the good games. Anthony Davis, the back, it's already acting up. Uh, One win. I I mean, they're one in five now. I'll tell you, they're never going to get to 500 this year. Mark it down. Mark it down. I own that statement. The Lakers, there will never be a point this season that the Lakers are 500. So the Lakers getting their first win last night, not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal? World Series Game Three tonight, eight oh three p.m. We got Syndergaard on the mound for Philadelphia. I'm into the World Series. Come on, series is one-one right now. Next three games are in Philadelphia. It's going to be a raucous crowd. I can't cheer for the Astros. They're cheaters. Don't like them. I have a really difficult time cheering for the Phillies too. I mean, Philadelphia—it's brutal fans, just brutal. They're garbage. So I, I got a really hard time picking who I'm going to cheer for. We're just watching and trying to enjoy good games. And, and so far, especially Game One, fantastic, amazing, amazing Game One. Great come from behind by the Phillies. So World Series Game Three tonight, eight o three. That's a big deal. I'm into that. And finally, I got one more for you guys. Brooklyn Nets owner Joe Tsai puts out a statement, condemns, and wants a sit down with Kyrie Irving who might be an anti-Semite. I don't know. Might be. Kyrie Irving had that back and forth, what was it, Saturday night, I believe, with Nick Fridell. Good job out of Nick Friedle. I'm almost 100% sure Nick Friedle is Jewish, so I'm glad he stepped up for the tribe there and peppered Kyrie Irving with all very fair questions about promoting uh, an anti-Semitic book-slash-film. You know I'm out on Kyrie anyway, and I'm especially frustrated with this situation, being a Jewish, getting Jewish guy, uh, I'm frustrated with Kyrie Irving taking no accountability for it. I'm frustrated that no other NBA player wants to come out and say something. You know, LeBron James specifically said he put out a tweet, which you have to you have to agree with. Put out a tweet in regards to Robert Sarver. You can't have this type of behavior. Uh, whether it's a, he said, an owner or player in this league. Where's LeBron on this? Hasn't said a single word about anti-Semitic. Propaganda. That part is really frustrating to me. Really frustrating. And Kyrie takes zero accountability. You know, in one sentence there, after that, in the post-game press conference, he talked about, he posts things like this on social media because, his words, he's in a unique position to influence. And then when he was being peppered with the questions from Nick Friedle, he tells you he's no different from anyone else. He he plays both sides. Because he's a dummy. And he doesn't know how to. Have an actual intellectual conversation. He do, About controversial issues. He doesn't. He's not able to properly explain. What he's even doing there. He very likely saw. I don't even know if he read this book. Saw this movie. He very likely saw it. Read a synopsis. Like oh alright. This sounds like something I get behind. He posts it. And then he realizes, wow, this making people kind of upset, but I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to back down. He can't have an actual back and forth about it. He just yells at Nick Friedle that my opinion is no different. You know, don't don't prop me up. uh, Don't dehumanize me. He doesn't know what that word means, by the way. He's using it wrong. But you can't in one sentence say, Kyrie, say, you're in a unique position to influence people. And then when you're being questioned about this, you say... Why is this a problem? I'm no different than anybody else. This guy's a dummy. And he might be anti-Semitic. I don't know. Because he hasn't denounced it. All right? This guy's a dummy. And I'm pretty frustrated with that situation. So, yeah, it's a big deal, but I don't think anything's going to come of it. And that's frustrating. All right. That's our show for today. Make sure you download, you subscribe, Spotify, iHeart, uh, Google. You go to the YouTube channel. Make sure you like, you comment, all that good stuff. You can hit me up, of course, at Zazlo Show. And a, uh, a huge and special thank you to my friends at Anajar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You call them at 800-747-3. That's 800-747-3733. They are the title sponsor for Zazlow Show 2.0 from day one. So you're involved in an accident. Doesn't matter what kind. You got a personal injury. You call them right away. Holmes, Zaslow told you to call. All right. I send my friends there, my family. I got them on speed dial. God forbid I'm involved in an accident. My family, my friends, I send them to Anajar and Levine. Accident attorneys, 800-747-3733. Again, subscribe on all pod- platforms that you get your podcast. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning on the Zaslow Show. You know with that. You know, when my wife and I became homeowners, I mean, keeping the Zaslow Mansion safe, that's not an easy task unless you call Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. If you're looking for affordable care that offers the best coverage for your home, your motorcycle, your car, your boat, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services, their team has the expertise and experience to find the right coverage for you, including comprehensive policies For both trailers and motorhomes let their team help you learn more about your policy options so you can make an informed decision that's not going to keep you up at night. Bruntinsurance.com when it comes to home renters and condo insurance your options, hey it, it, it can be dizzying don't worry, they specialize in making the confusing crystal clear with their fully licensed team helping you along every step of the way bruntinsurance.com 954-589-2204.